Hey, and welcome to Five Alive Podcasts. Uh, We're here this morning uh, going through the book of John. We're starting today in chapter 7, and we're going to read the first eight verses. One through two is going to be read by Mallory, and then Blair's going to pick up, finishing off through verse 8. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of the booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. Absolutely excellent. Thank you so much for reading that. Mallory did excellent. Proud of you. And uh, just want to kind of go over uh, some of the things that I was thinking about as I've been preparing for today. And uh, that is first and foremost uh, with the story of Jesus's brothers coming to him and talking with him in kind of a, um, a, a disagreeable manner, if you will, uh, reminded me of another portion of scripture where the same thing happened. Um, and it's, it's the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph had dreams given to him by God, and he speaks uh, speaks those dreams to his brothers, and as a result, his brothers didn't like him. In fact, in verse 8 of Genesis 37, it says, are you indeed to reign over us? And they hated him. They hated Joseph. And so it, it, it just is something that I'm referencing uh, because it reminds me a lot of what's going on with Jesus here. Jesus has been performing miracles. He's walked on water. He's fed 5,000. He healed a, a, a lame man. Uh, he provided turned water into wine. All these things have been happening. And his brothers in verse five of the chapter, John chapter seven that we read today, uh, it says, for not even his brothers believed in him. Like they didn't even believe that these miracles happened. Just like Joseph's brothers didn't believe Joseph's dreams and they hated him. Jesus's brothers are also kind of showing that. And um, I don't think this is a coincidence. In fact, I believe this is a part of God's providence um, in order to show us that there is a, a, a complete wovenness, an interwovenness between the Old Testament and the New Testament, not saying that Joseph is the Messiah. I'm saying that Joseph had qualities about him that pointed to who Jesus would be on the day that he came. And some of those qualities that Joseph uh, exhibited are he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, and yet he gave not into temptation. Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, yet he did not give into temptation. Uh, Joseph was wrongfully imprisoned, and so therefore he um, he he uh, Jesus also identifies in that area where Jesus is wrongfully executed and taken into custody. Um, Joseph uh, gets to run the prison, and while Jesus 
death on the cross was a horrific event. As a result of his death on the cross, he was given the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And so he basically is over the prison of our souls. Um, also, Joseph uh, says that he cannot answer dreams but it is God who interprets those dreams that then Joseph is able to speak. Jesus also says, I do not speak of my words, but I speak of the words that the Father has given me. And on and on and on this goes to the last point of something that Joseph is able to do, and that is he is able to redeem his family from starvation, and he provides for them a new home. Just like that Old Testament story that we have from Genesis chapter 37, we today, all of mankind today, have a Savior who provides us with a new home, a new heaven and a new earth, and he redeems all of mankind so that that way we do not die in our sins or die to ourselves. And so this story of Joseph is a story of redemption for Israel, and the story of Christ is the redemption of all mankind. And it, it just got me thinking thinking about that um, as I was going throughout the week, and it got me to even see that Jesus's brothers are coming, and they're kind of coming against him, and Jesus knows the time that is right for him, the timing that is right for uh, uh, when he is to present certain things, when he's supposed to talk about certain parables, and he is listening to our Heavenly Father, and he is executing perfectly on every single one of those desires of our Heavenly Father, and he is talking with the people exactly when God the Father wants them to talk about certain things. And it got me thinking, have you or have I ever had a situation in our life where we know that we were called to do something, but people tried to discourage us? Have you ever been discouraged from accomplishing a task or even a life goal or even maybe it's your, uh, you know, your profession and yet people discouraged you from doing that? And a follow-up question with that is, is have you ever been talked about badly by someone, uh, a family member, a parent, a sibling, somebody that you closely love and that person discouraged you from achieving a goal that you knew you were supposed to? to do by God because that's kind of what's happening here with Jesus is, is his brothers are coming to him they're kind of making fun of him and they're um, they're wanting him to show up at the Feast of Booths and they're wanting him to make a big presentation like a big uh, uh, a big gaudy kind of a uh, hey look at me I'm here and let me now perform miracles for you like a showman kind of a thing and Jesus is like whoa 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 that's not what I'm here for that's not why I was called here and um and so in a way, his brothers are discouraging him from fulfilling the will of God. And yet Jesus uh, stands up and stands against that kind of a practice. And so when I ask a question like, can you name a time in your life when you were supposed to do something that you knew was God-ordained, um, but people discouraged you from doing that, Jesus is not far from you when you've been in in a moment like that. In fact, Jesus instead can identify exactly with what you're going through. You are not alone. In fact, his family um, and uh, several other passages, his brothers, his mother, they tried to call him out of teaching people. And there's even one passage, we'll come up on it uh, in chapter 11 of John 
the book of John where Jesus' mothers and brother, they come to him and Jesus says, who are my mother? Who are my brothers? Uh, and he says, those who do the will of the Father are my mother and my brothers. And so we have this uh, quote-unquote family problem going on here in the start of John chapter 7. And so if you've ever had a family problem, I just want to encourage you today and know that you are not alone. Jesus has also gone through, or even if a, an intimate loved one has stood against you in something you knew you needed to accomplish, you're not alone. Jesus also can identify with you in those areas. He is 100% God. He is 100% man. He is our prophet, our priest, our king, and our master, and he can see uh, and identify exactly with you in your moment of need right now. And, uh, and so as, as we ponder these questions, as we talk about them, uh, just, just mull it over in your mind a little bit. Is there something that I've been discouraged because maybe a crossword was given to me by, by somebody that I, I highly esteemed, a friend or, or maybe even a mentor, and has that prevented you from carrying on? Uh, secondly, uh, Jesus says, my time has not fully come. Uh, what he's talking to his brothers, he says, look, you go on to the Feast of Tabernacles, you go on to the Feast of Booths, and, and you enjoy for yourselves, but my time has not come. And, uh, and yes, he does uh, uh, come up. If you read the rest of John chapter 7, you do see that Jesus does, midway through the Feast of Booths, go to uh, uh, Judea, and he does participate. And Jesus is not going against his word here, but instead what Jesus is doing is he is addressing his brothers and their situation. Situation, uh, of, of trying to um, uh, discourage him from accomplishing the will of the Father within God's time. And, and he says, I'm not going to the Feast of Booths. This, isn't, uh, this, isn't, this is kind of the, the way somebody would talk uh, when they're, when they're um, saying, hey, it's not time for me to go right now, but then a few days later he was going to come. That doesn't mean he lied about going there. It means that what he was saying is, is it's not my time to enter the way you want me to. And the way I'm going to come is I'm going to come privately. And that's what we see him doing later on. And so uh, Jesus later on does go and he teaches at the temple. Um, and, and, and yet he also addresses the fact and he says this, brothers, your time is always here. So you go ahead and you go on. Um, and, and it's yet not my timing. And this is also in reference to what Jesus had already said to his mother when she asked him to turn water into wine. He said to her, woman, it is not yet my proper time. And um, this shows us the sensitivity that Jesus has to God's timing. And this shows us that there is a perfect time for everything. There is a season for everything. Uh, um, and this is so important for us to recognize. And so that's kind of where I just want to uh, uh, camp out a little while in conversation, uh, if that's possible. And that is to say that within the timing aspect of our lives, what are what are we going through? Have uh, and so here are a few questions: Have we ever, or have you ever, rushed into something only to have that something not work? Has that been a part of your life? Have have you ever had a deadline delayed um, by outside interference? Something that you weren't planning to happen, and that kept you from being able to fulfill uh, your deadline or your expectation. Have you ever uh, expedited something and just made that something work uh, because of the quickness of the expedition that it actually did happen? And sometimes we even go, "Whoo, that was that was miraculous that that even worked." 
worked out. I can't believe it. These are all timing issues. And sometimes we are like Jesus's brothers and we rush in order to, to accomplish something and it's not in God's orderly plan. And other times we are actually listening to the Lord and we delay um, the event or we delay the project or we delay what our, um, our overall goal is because we've been talking with the Lord in prayer and he tells us, I, you have been preparing for this, but now is not the right time. And so when we hear those kinds of answers in our personal prayer time, this is okay. There's nothing wrong with being delayed. And this divine knowledge sometimes delays us from accomplishing something. Sometimes we get a gut reaction or we have a gut instinct saying, oh man, there's no way I can accomplish that right now. And then something really crazy happens and we're like, wow, I'm I don't even know why I didn't do that. But if I would have done that, then this bad thing would have happened. And in those instances, we have just an amazing uh, gut reaction or gut instinct to, um, to be within somebody's, uh, within God's specific and perfect timing. And so sometimes, you know, an injury or an illness or a pandemic hits, and this uh, causes us to feel like the timing is all wrong. And, and, and so instead of accomplishing the task that we had set out to do, uh, we're delayed. And how, and so I just want to ask, how does that, how do you deal with these kinds of situations? How do you deal with life? I mean, because every day I've heard from, from Blair and Xavier and even Mallory, they say every day it feels like that there's timing issues or there's timing involvement, or there's the right time to do something. And there's a delay at another time. And, and this doesn't just, it's not just one big event that you can recall, but it is an everyday life. So the question that I ask is how, how do you deal with life when things don't work out like you think they should? How do you deal with life when things don't work out like you, that you, you think they should? Uh, do you trust in God's timing? Are, are you fully dependent on him that his timing is perfect? Do, do you uh, try and force things to happen for your own benefit? Because if X, Y, and Z doesn't come into place, then there's no way, you know, I've got to make it happen. I can't delegate to other people. I can't be dependent on others. I've got to make this happen. Um, another question, do you quit when things don't happen your way? Do you just give up and say, hey, that didn't work my way, so there's no way I'm ever going to do that? Uh, how about this? Do you pray asking God to help you in obedience with his timing. Do you spend time each day saying, God, I dedicate my day to you and I know things are going to happen and within your perfect timing, I want to do things properly. And so, um, so that all goes back to my question. How do I deal with life when things don't work out like I think they should? Am I dependent on God? And, um, and so testifying of, uh, 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 of this time scenario or perfect timing, um, I have a, a few examples that I just kind of want to bring up. They're personal examples of timing. And, and one of them is, is there was a, a time, it was 20 plus years ago, it was uh, in the month of July, and I got down on, I, I, I met my wife, and the timing was 
was kind of forced, but it was kind of perfect all at the same time. See, I, I was dating Blair and I had asked for her permission, her mom's permission and her brother's permission to propose to her and to, to ask her to marry me. And I drove to Nashville and I was going to propose to her and take her out for a big fancy dinner. And she went to the dentist and she had dental uh, uh, numbing th things put in her mouth and uh, she had two cavities filled and, uh, and, and I drove up there with the whole intention of proposing to her. I had a reservation at a restaurant at Opryland Hotel in Nashville and, and, uh, and I, I pull up and uh, she's had, uh, she's had this, uh, cavity, these cavities filled and she's uh, half numb on half of her face and, and uh, nothing like the present. I, I get down on my knee and I propose to her and I say, will you marry me? And she, she's like, <laughs> because her mouth is like, you know, it's all like <laughs> swollen or numb or whatever. And she, her tongue's not working. And she's excited that, yes, I've proposed to her. And, and, uh, and I wasn't anticipating the, 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 the cavity thing. And she wasn't anticipating it either. And it just was something that happened that day. And yet uh, we go in and she immediately starts thinking of people she needs to call. And one of the people she wants to make sure beyond the shadow of a doubt will attend our wedding is her grandmother on her mother's side, her, as she called her, her Nana. And uh, so we called her Nana and her Nana says, well, honey, that's great that you have a ring. What's the date? And she goes, what do you mean? What's the date? And she goes, you're not really engaged unless you have a date in my mind. And so what's the date? And so we, right then in that moment, chose a date and we looked at the calendar. We, we picked a, a couple of dates out and she said, how's this one work? And her Nana says, no, not that one. Yes, that one's good. Yes, that one's good. Now you choose between those and I'm not getting off the phone till you've chosen a date. And, uh, and so we, we talked together and we, we, we chose, uh, we chose a date and we stuck with that date. And though that date made us have a really long engagement emphasis on long. Uh, I'm not a fan of long engagements, uh, though that that's good because I only had to uh, experience that once in my life. Um, but I encourage my children don't go for long engagements. Uh, don't go too short, but don't go too long either. Um, but this was all a timing thing. I mean, it, it, it was a, it, it was just timing the date we picked out was the date we got married on. The date that her Nana could still come. The date that other people still showed up. We had a beautiful wedding. It was a great thing. It was all in perfect and proper timing. It worked out just right. And yet I also think of another time where I was a married man. We had a child and I worked for a company that ended up going bankrupt. And I didn't know that that was what was going on. We would watch, uh, like guys at work would talk about the way the stock is working in the market and how this is turning out and stuff like that. And we all, uh, we were all watching these things. We were all, you know, investing some money back into our company as a result of our paychecks. And I walked into work one day as a, a, a husband and a father of a newborn child. And the, there was a padlock on the door because the company I worked for had filed for bankruptcy and I lost my job. 
And that wasn't something that I was expecting to work out. It wasn't in my timing that I wanted this to happen. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it wasn't that I hated my job. It wasn't that it was my favorite job in the whole entire world either. But for me, I walked into work one day with a job and the next day I went back to work and I had no job. And so what did I do? I, I left work. And I went and put my job application in seven different companies within the community that we lived at. I drove home. I told my wife, I lost my job today. And she said, oh no, what are we going to do? We have bills. We, we, we have food needs. We have, we have a baby. What are we going to do? And I said, we're going to go on vacation. And she said, we're going to what? I said, we're going to go on vacation. Don't worry. We're not going to spend a lot of money. All we're going to do is we're going to drive back to Nashville and we're going to stay with your mom because it's free and, uh, and, and we'll eat her food. Surely she'll help us with food. And, uh, and we're just going to hang out at her swimming pool at her complex for a week. And then we'll come back. And when we come back, I'll have a job. And she, Blair looked at me and she's like, you're kidding, right? And I was like, no, I'm serious. This is what, uh, this is what we're going to do. And we packed up and, and we got in our car. We drove the eight hours, was it? Eight hours with no AC in our car and we were sweating to death. I mean, that was a long ride. It was preparing us for life in India in an auto rickshaw, right? And, uh, and so we, we drove to Nashville. We hung out at the pool and we came back to where we were living at the time, which was in Missouri. And, uh, and as soon as we got back, I had a phone message on the answering machine. If you, if you don't know what an answering machine is, we didn't used to have mobile phones and people would have to leave a message on these machines. And the machine had one message and it was from a company who wanted me to interview that Monday. And I went in for the interview on Monday and I got a job on Tuesday. I started work on Tuesday. That was the way that worked out. And so that was a caught by surprise timing kind of a thing that happened in my life. And then I've had delayed timings where things didn't work out. For instance, uh, um, we were moved into Mahali and we were trying to open up an office so that that way we could also open up a bakery. And we got, we got working on that and we got legal documents drawn up and, and we got a partnership deed done and we started meeting with a lawyer and we started meeting with a chartered accountant and we started looking for a place to have our office space and day after day, day after day, week after week, month after month, it just wasn't working out. And then all of a sudden, the, we found the right lawyer. We found the right chartered accountant. And things started looking like they were moving forward. So we also found an office space. And it looked like things were going to go really great. And then all of a sudden, I had a heart attack. I had a heart attack three years ago yesterday, believe it or not. Yesterday was the three-year anniversary of the day that I had a heart attack. And... Uh, Three-year anniversary. Yeah, you, yeah, I did. I had an anniversary for my heart attack yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I took it by sleeping, uh, resting all day, right? And uh, and so that was that was a delay. And then a couple months later, then I get injured again, and I need surgery, and I have brain damage, and, and, and I'm in and out of the hospital, and we go back to the United States of America, and so this dream of starting a bakery and an office space here in Mahali um, got delayed, and then we come back to India in 2019, and we're getting ready to start all of that all over again, and then 
what happens in 2020? The pandemic hits and curfew hits. And so even to this day, our office space four years later is not renovated and the timing just hasn't been right in order to get that done. And so what do I do in order to try and maintain a semblance of joy and happiness and excitement about life, but also complete trust in God in all of these moments other than just dedicating my life wholly to him? Uh, and then there's just a final example that I want to give, and that is, um, say I, I call up a buddy uh, that I need to have a meeting with. I'm going to sell him some um, PPE because that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks is selling personal protective equipment. And, uh, and I've set up the meeting. It's for 10 o'clock on Tuesday. And there's one of three things that's going to happen with that. I am going to arrive before 10 a.m. at the place that we decide to meet at, or I'm going to arrive at exactly 10 o'clock, or I'm going to arrive after then there's the side of the person that I'm selling the, the PPE to. They're either going to arrive before, right on time, or after. And these are timing issues that affect us and that we constantly talk about to other people. There, we'll, we'll be like talking to people and we'll be like, well, you know, so-and-so's business is pretty good because if you have a meeting with them, they're there 15 minutes early and you can walk right in the door and you can start talking with them. And other people will say, well, so-and-so's business is pretty good. If you have a 10 o'clock appointment with them and you show up right at 10 o'clock, it's perfect. And then you'll talk about so-and-so's other business. And well, I don't know if we can trust them because they're always late. They never show up on time. You know, I, in fact, sometimes I think that they're not even leaving their house at 10 o'clock. And I mean, I understand delays, but good grief. I was waiting for them for an hour. And so we have all these things, but time, um, is, is not going, when time is not going our way, it is an incredible way to experience someone's temperament. When things aren't going somebody's way. I mean, you think about it, there's ethics, there's anger, there's grace, there's trust, there's frustration. These are some of the emotions that we experience uh, when, when somebody's delayed. And so I, I, I have a few, few more questions here. And, and, and if you guys want to go back over some of the old ones that I asked as well, that'd be great. But I'm just going to go through them real quick. Do you think God judges us by our timing? No. Uh, is being in the wrong time a sin? Like being delayed, being late, not showing up. Is, is wrong timing a sin? Uh, if, if it's not a sin, then why do I always feel so guilty when I'm late? Why do I always feel so guilty when things don't work out like I think they should? Why do I carry, this is me personally, why do I do that? Uh, I have a follow-up question. Do people judge us by our timing? Do people judge us if we're late? Do they say, oh, that's an untrustworthy person because they're late? Yes. Okay. Uh, does failure to follow God's timing make me disobedient? Does failure... Fa what do you say? Yeah. yeah. I find it disobedient. Okay. What was the question? Does failure. does failure to follow God's timing make me disobedient? Yeah. I mean, because you're putting time in your own hands. You know, we can go back to Abraham and he, he and Sarah, he wanted to have a baby 
And God said, I will give you a baby. And so he put it into his own hands and slept with Sarah's um, maidservant. maidservant and, uh, and had a baby. And that was not the promised baby. That was not the baby that God said, I'm going to bless you with. Because the baby I'm going to bless you with will be between you and your wife. Mm-hmm. And not that because he did, I mean, he, he put it all in his own hands. It was just the wrong timing. Mm. And sometimes we can force things to be the wrong timing. Yeah. And it's not God's plan. It's our plan. Well, if, you know, because sometimes we just wait around and be, and be like, you know, well, well, God, you're going you're gonna to show up and you're going to do this. Well, if not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And, and that puts a lack of trust in whom we believe. Mm. And, and in that, that's sinful. Mm. And therefore, we as a person have to be repentant of that and to place our life fully back in the reliance of God's hands and to continue to wait on Him. Not that we're not doing things in the meantime, but to be ever fully reliant upon Him because God's timing is always the best timing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, does God's timing uh, different? Uh, let me start over again. Sorry. Uh, does God's timing being different from our timing bring us to disbelieve, distrust, or even hate God? What do you say? I say for some people, definitely it does because they treat God as if he's a um, a... They treat God as if he's their servant instead of us being his servant. Where if God doesn't meet what my needs and whatever I need him to do for me, then like I don't trust in him anymore because he's not doing what I want him to do for me. Whenever God is supposed to be the person that we trust in and we're supposed to do things for, we see it opposite and try and take control of everything and take the power away from God. But if we do that, then we have no power at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then just a final one, uh, and that is, how can I submit and be obedient in timing, in God's timing? How how can I be obedient in timing, or specifically in God's timing? Um, Is there any any specific practice that I can? make sure I do every day. I gave one earlier and, and Mallory kind of was like, am I supposed to do that every day? And that is, I, I gave the example of um, in the morning when I rise, am I dying to myself, living in Christ and saying, I want your will for my life today and I want to operate in accordance with your timing. That is one of the ways that I can submit and be obedient to God's timing is not just proclaiming that and declaring that in the morning, but actually meaning it from the depths of my soul and applying it to my life in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. And with everything I do, I can submit to his timing without trying to force or rush, as Blair was saying, trying to force or rush things to make them in my timing. Or even as Xavier was saying, I, I don't want to be the guy that, that tries to manipulate God into being my servant. I'm supposed to submit to him. That's, that's what my job is. That's, I'm a servant. He is the master. And so, um, 
What, what are uh, a few other ways maybe that, that we can submit and be obedient to God's timing? Do you, can you think of anything else that, that's out there? I mean, I, the, the typical answers are always, you know, pray and read the Bible and, and, and those kinds of things. And yes, those are absolutely a must, a necessary, you know, staying in God's word and, and studying and obedient. But what are other ways that we can show um, that we're obedient to his timing? Yeah, go ahead. By doing what he asks us to do whenever, like praying and reading the Bible leads you to this point, but Whenever you're asked by God or feel convicted that you need to do something and you don't do it, then you're not really operating in what God wants you to do. And so then you're not working within God's timing. Because mm. if God asks you to do something at a certain point in time, but you're like, ah, I'll get to that later, then you're delaying what he asked you to do in that moment, yeah. which is, like you said, not in God's timing. And so if we obey what God wants us to do and listen and wait for that time whenever he tells us, all right, you're ready to to go do this, that's how we can stay within God's timing is patience. Yeah, patience. Patience is a big thing. So uh, practicing or actually exercising, I should say, patience, not practicing it because every moment of our day is definitely exercising uh, patience. Colossians three twenty three and 24, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord of Christ. So in all that we do, you know, whether it's in our work, I mean, I've always believed wholeheartedly when working a job, you know, don't get there right on time when, when work is starting. You know, come a couple more minutes a little bit earlier. And... um and we do our work as if it's unto the Lord. We raise our children as if it's unto the Lord. Yeah. We treat our spouses as if it's unto the Lord. And if if I am not doing dil- diligent time mm-hmm. of serving the Lord in those areas, I'm not I'm not faithfully serving Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so when doing the laundry when cleaning up the floors, when cleaning up the bathrooms, things of those natures that are just so low end and beneath me. I do my work heartily as to the Lord and I make those bathrooms shine. I pray over those potties. I pray over the clothes that are being put away and or gently laid down on each each person's bed for them to be able to put away. I mean, I, I just really believe that every act is a service unto him. And when I'm, when I, you know, um, have my days of, ah, oh, is it worth cleaning the floors? Ah, oh, is it worth, you know, getting up and teaching the children? Are they ever going to learn? Um, those kinds of just frustrations, you know, when there's even frustrations in marriage of, is he going to listen to me? Is he not going to listen to me? I have to step back and reflect and go, maybe my priority is out of whack. Maybe I have not um, given my time of uh, prayer, uh, faithfully reading God's word, and not only that, but meditating on his word and studying the scriptures and making full life application on that. I mean, because I do believe time is important to Christ Jesus because he is a God of order and and like I said, sometimes it's, it's, 
it's not our plans. It is definitely his plans. And that may take a while. But as you continue to live life, those times to begin to unfold. And when you reflect back and it's like, God doesn't just automatically just show up and start working. He's been working right from conception. And even before that, he already knew you. He knew you before you were even born and before you were even created. So knowing when we were going to be placed in this world, you know, today, um, let's see what today's date is, June 7th of 2020, the Lord knew I would be here. Because he is a God of time. And, yeah, I, I, I do. That's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's just so important to, to daily submit and, and be obedient to, to God, not just in our attitude and not just in our lifestyle, but also in our time. And, uh, and, and I asked a question earlier and and i just kind of want to elaborate it a little bit on it some more and that was do you think god judges us by our timing and i i mean and then i followed it up with do you think people judge us by our timing and if the answer is yes to if people judge us by our timing then then i would say god probably does judge us uh in accordance with our time and that is one of those ways that um, when, when, when we're not in sync with him and with what he is desiring to do on our li- in our lives, um, what, we, what we may be showing at times is we may be showing a, a little bit of disobedience. Uh, maybe we're even showing, um, as Xavier was bringing up, um, idolatry. You know, I, am, uh, I want God to worship me. I don't want to worship him because it needs to be in my timing and not in his timing. And, um, and when it comes to like the bakery and office that we've been working on for four years here in uh, Punjab, and, and yeah, we've had other things come up that we're able to do. We've continued to stay progressively working with uh, with uh, other companies that I have. Just that one thing was the thing that was delayed, and and sometimes I'm just sit back in awe of God delaying uh, things because He knew what was going to happen. Like when we first got here in in 2019, and I was working towards starting to renovate the office, and because I couldn't find the right guys to work in the office and renovate it properly, I was getting frustrated on a daily basis. Uh, because I couldn't find the right people. I couldn't get the right time. I couldn't get the um, the government things taken care of that I needed to within the right timing. And then the pandemic hit. It was as, as if God knew what was going to happen because he did. And I, I, I look at when I try and force or I try and rush into situations and make my will God's will, that's, that's not the way we're supposed to operate. Every day we're supposed to say, thy will be done. God, may your will be done. And, and that's what I want. And I don't want to show uh, when time doesn't go my way. I don't want to show anger and frustration and distrust and bad morals. I want to I be a man of trusting in God. I want to be a person who gives grace and receives grace freely. I want to be a person who uh, gives mercy and accepts mercy freely. That's what I want to be. And so when it comes to timing issues, there are different ways that we can react. And, uh, and what we need to do is we need to definitely take moments of reflection 
looking back over the past and seeing those things, seeing if there's a bitterness that's there and ask the Holy Spirit to remove that bitterness of any kind of timing issue. If there is something in our life of, of, a, of a past or even a present delay, what we need to do is we need to make sure that we don't allow a bitterness to take root right now. Um, th then the other thing is, is how can we operate in grace and mercy? Are we gracious and merciful to others in their delay or in their timing issues? Or are we just absolutely arrogant jerks forcing them to squabble and quibble and, and get down on their knees pleading for forgiveness? And then when we're off in, a, in, in, in our timing, when we're delayed in our timing, that we then expect mercy and justice and grace in those moments? Because it, it doesn't go both ways. We, we can't be hypocritical here. When it comes to God's timing, we have got to be fully trusted, fully reliant on him. And so the ways that I see this happening the most specifically in my life is those moments in the morning, those moments in the afternoon, and those moments in the evening where it may look on the outside to anybody observing me that I am baking baked goods in order to offer in our bakery. But what I'm really doing is I'm taking moments while I'm making that product to pray and to seek God, as Blair was saying, and, and, and to say, I'm trusting in your will. I'm trusting in your timing. And uh, that driving down the road, uh, I can get frustrated at uh, uncle and auntie cutting me off or coming from the far left lane all the way across into the right lane and then changing, uh, you know, completely going down a different road. And they, they cut me off and I'm going down the road 60 kilometers an hour. And I don't know, I can get frustrated in those moments or I can maintain a semblance of prayer and, and, and joy and, and glorifying God. And then I can also see that his timing is perfect. And maybe them cutting me off actually saved me from a more uh, hazardous dilemma that is ahead. I remember a time in my life, uh, we were living in Uttarakhand near Weinberg Allen um, in Missouri. And I, there was a meeting that I was to be a part of at four o'clock. And in order to get to this meeting, it took me 45 minutes to walk up the mountain in order to get to the meeting. So I set out on my journey at three o'clock in the afternoon. And as I was walking up the foothills of, of Missouri, I was walking and I got to pass Weinberg Allen and I was up near the gym area and this uh, lady came towards me. Her name was Miss Mizra and she said, hello. And I said, hello. She said, I just had hip surgery. And I said, okay. She goes, well, um, where are you going? And I said, well, I have a meeting at four o'clock. And she goes, you don't anymore. And I said, no, really, ma'am, I, I have a meeting. I said, I, I don't want to be rude. And she looked at me and she said, well, today your meeting is with me because we will be having chai at four o'clock. And whatever meeting you had at four o'clock is to be excused because your meeting is with me. I got so reprimanded for not showing up to that other, men, other meeting. I almost got slapped in the face for not being participatory in the meeting. 
and I was told that I was being very unparticipatory and um, and that I was not a good leader for not showing up at four o'clock. When I tried to explain myself to the person that I was supposed to be meeting with at four that, well, I, I met an auntie, her name is Miss Misra, and she told me my meeting was with her. And I was not about to uh, deny her of having chai. Reading a book by Ruskin Bond about the foothills of Missouri, in the opening, it was like you've never lived in Landauer if you haven't met some of these people. And in the opening of this book that Ruskin Bond wrote, the lady that was mentioned in that book was Miss Misra. I began crying when I read that book and I thought, what a divine opportunity that I had to walk up that mountain and to be stopped by a lady and my time was divine with her. It brought so many more opportunities and I met so many more people in the community and was involved even more at Weinberg Allen School and the events that were going on right near where we lived. The Lord knew that opportunity needed to take place. I knew the repercussions of the other meeting that I was supposed to be a part of and how I was such a big disappointment to them. But I had to put that to the side and recognize, no, God was in control of this time and in this meeting. And if those people didn't understand, I had to let that go. And I really had it to, in that moment, to be fully reliant on Christ Jesus. And then I also recognized as a person, as you had brought up already, Matt, was how am I going to treat others when this happens to them? Mm. Accidents do happen. You know, we get delayed. And is that okay? I mean, am I so time efficient? Oh, not. You weren't here at 11 o'clock. Sorry, dismissed. May I be understandable of other people's time delays? Because God knows the order. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, with that last bit, like Blair was talking, and the one thing that uh, really brings to my mind is, is how forgiving are we? Christ forgave us of all of our sins. God desires us to follow after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we make those mistakes that we don't actually fulfill, uh, uh, you know, the high level or high standard that we think that we should, uh, uh, we, we beat ourselves up. And, and, and yet God, God's not that uh, authoritarian upon us that he would do that. In fact, in, in 1 John chapter um, in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, uh, he says this. He says, um, gosh, I'm struggling with my Bible, and I have it memorized, but I just want to make sure I get it right on here. It says, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And, I mean, am I, am I a person of forgiveness uh, that's another way that I can practice um, uh, what, I, what I'm saying today about the timing issue is, am I being forgiving of others when they are delayed? 
uh, am I being forgiving of others if they're just on time? Because maybe they were delayed and they're usually a person that is early. And, and, uh, and sometimes people just can't even show up for the meeting and the meeting has to be canceled or um, the event never takes place. And am I able to forgive myself and forgive others in those moments? Um, that's another way that I show or, or that I am an example of, of, um, of, of, of a person who is um, always seeking after the Lord and dealing with life when things don't work out the way that I think they should. Um, and so, uh, again, just to re-emphasize re, um, those points is in, in moments of prayer, I want to dedicate my time and my timing to God. And, and, and daily, I want to be a man or a woman that gives grace and mercy to others. Uh, I don't want to be a girl, but you know what I mean. Uh, if you're listening and you're a, and you're a woman and, and, and then of course, lastly is, is am I a person who's forgiving? Am I a forgiving person? These are ways that we operate in proper timing. Do I forgive myself? Do I forgive others? And, uh, and, and do I recognize the forgiveness that is freely given to me by Jesus? And finally, we want to close in prayer and, uh, Xavier, I'm going to ask you if you'll close us and hope you have a fantastic week. And know that we're praying for you. Oh, Lord Jesus, please be with us this time of still going under uh, the pandemic. And um, we know that this is your timing and that everything will work together for your good. And um, I pray for those who are listening and whatever they're struggling through or have troubles with, that you help them through this. And I pray for our family as well. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.